The Tour Backspin Show features a legit, well-researched story from the PGA Tour in the 1960s or 1970s. The story shares some DNA with the tournament being currently played this week on the PGA Tour. If you're into this kind of thing, sign up for the Tour Backspin weekly email newsletter at tourbackspin.com or on substack.com. The newsletter also features the famous What Hole Is It contest, something fun from the world of golf off the internet, a curated Spotify playlist, and an antique golf ad. Also, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube for news and features from Tour Backspin. Welcome to the Tour Backspin Show. I'm your host, Larry Bosch, and this week the PGA Tour visits Harbortown for the RBC Heritage, a tournament that dates to 1969. This tournament has evolved into a nice, relaxed event after a pressure-packed week in Augusta. We're going to backspin in 1974, though, when it was held three weeks prior to the Masters. In the first few months of 1974, Johnny Miller was taking the tour by storm. Okay, we're on the tee. Let's go. Johnny Miller stood on the tee of the 16th hole at the Harbor Town Golf Links late in the day on Sunday, March 24, 1974, during the final round of the Sea Pines Heritage Golf Classic. He held a three-stroke lead thanks to a birdie on the 15th hole over Gibby Gilbert. There was a disturbance up near the green as a couple of streakers, a boy and a girl, romped their way through a greenside bunker. Streaking, where one strips naked and runs through a crowded scene, was a fad in the early 1970s. Miller was trying to win his fourth tournament of the young season, and he had to ignore the chaos going on up at the green. Let's backspin to see how we got here. Johnny Miller got his 1974 season off to a hot start by winning the first three events. He won the Ben Crosby Pro-Am, the first tournament of the season, and followed up with victories in the Phoenix Open and the Dean Martin Tucson Open. He shot a cumulative 37 under par for those three tournaments. Then he caught a nasty cold. He retreated to Palmetto Dunes, a resort not far from Harbortown that Miller represented, to rest and recuperate. He practiced his short game, enjoyed the home cooking of his wife Linda, and fished in the local ponds. After three weeks, he deemed himself healthy and ready to play. He arrived at Harbortown brimming with confidence. The biggest thing about my game, Miller said, is that I can take two or three weeks off and come back and still be playing as good as before. His game backed up his brash confidence. He shot a first-round 67 in the wet and wind-blown first round for a one-stroke lead over Alan Miller. No relation. Another 67 in the second round increased his lead to six over Alan Miller and Lanny Watkins. Watkins shot a 70 despite a double bogey after hitting into the pond on the 14th hole. Miller aced the 167-yard seventh hole and increased his lead to 10 strokes in Saturday's third round. His mind then turned to basketball, and he played some March Madness golf. I was more worried about UCLA than I was my golf, Miller admitted to reporters after the round. UCLA was playing North Carolina State in the NCAA basketball semifinals. He bogeyed the 11th hole, then added another at the 12th. He double bogeyed the 15th after hitting into the water and added another bogey coming home. I was trying to play smart golf, Miller said. I just should have paid attention to what I was doing and played it shot by shot. He now held a four-stroke lead over Tom Weiskopf, who saw opportunity in the Harbortown course. When you play a tough course like this and you're within five shots, you've got a chance, Weisskopf insisted. Robert Crawford and Gibby Gilbert were tied with Weisskopf. North Carolina State defeated UCLA in two overtimes, ending the Bruins' shot at an eighth straight NCAA basketball title. 
Miller bounced back from his disastrous Saturday back nine with a conservative start to his final round. He made a deuce on the fourth hole to gain a stroke on par, but gave it back with a bogey on the 13th hole. Gilbert was getting hot on his way to shooting a 69, pulling within two shots after 14 holes. Miller answered with his birdie on the 15th hole, as we depicted in today's opening, and made his way to the 16th tee. He was able to tune out the chaos created by the streakers up on the green. The television broadcast also tuned out the streakers. Miller played the hole cautiously, securing his par, and from there on it was a battle for second place. Gilbert finished one stroke in front of Richard Crawford for the 22,000 second place check, while Miller deposited another $40,000 in his bank account, bringing his yearly earnings to $149,105, an astounding $60,000 in front of the next player on the money list. And the season was only 12 weeks old. With a birdie on the 15th hole in the final round and the ability to tune out the streakers on the 16th hole, Miller won the Sea Pines Heritage Classic and continued his dominance of the 1974 PGA Tour. He would go on to win the money title that year and Player of the Year honors. Tartan is to the Heritage Classic what green is to the Masters. The winner is presented with a red tartan jacket and returns the next year for a unique pre-tournament celebration. The past champion joins Heritage Classic Foundation board members, tournament volunteers, and state dignitaries to parade around the Harbor Town Yacht Basin as the Citadel's Pipe and Drum Band play Scottish tunes. The past champion is then presented with his Captain of Gentlemen Golfers plaque and then takes a hickory-shafted golf club and hits a feathery-style golf ball into Calabogie Sound in unison with a cannon shot. This reenactment of a royal and ancient golf club of St. Andrew's ceremony, dating back to the mid-18th century, officially opens the tournament week at Harbortown. Thank you for joining us on our tea time. It was a very enjoyable round. Be sure to check out the free Tour Backspin weekly newsletter on Substack and sign up for delivery to your email inbox or visit tourbackspin.com to sign up and explore our other offerings including long-form articles, videos, and the newsletter archive. This week's source materials include the excellent reporting of the AP and the UPI as well as Barry McDermott's article, The Miller's Tale is a Big Hit, in the April 1st, 1974 issue of Sports Illustrated. Today's intro music is by the band Crow Wander and the song is Whiskey. Other music provided by the band Blue Wave Theory, and the song is Get Your Kicks on Future 86. If you like the Tour Backspin show, please tell your friends and subscribe on wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Join me next week as we have a tea time reserved.